0: never ever marks this spot. the ones that do call him the winter soldier. I'm
1: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Five Report, the podcast that got CPR certified in French class. My name is Drew, I'll be your host for the evening, along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Yeah? Hey man. Um, hey, what's up? <laughs> we haven't we haven't talked much since uh, I feel like it's been a couple weeks because you did not go to C2 e2 with me. Yeah, um, so I had a blast. Um, by the time this episode drops everyone will have at least heard about my adventures. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I had a lot of fun. Uh, Friday, honestly, like the first day of the con was a little like it started out really cool and then there was this down moment where I'm like, man, kind of wish I had someone with me. <laughs> No, I hear you. <laughs> um, but then I ran into, I ran into an old friend and it was just kind of like, Oh my God, I haven't seen you in years. And we sat and chatted for a little while. So it was kind of cool. Um, nice. but yeah, so, um, let's, uh, let, we have a lot of news to cover because you and I haven't talked for two weeks. So let's yeah. jump right into it and go from there. Okay. Um, good. so what are you, uh, what are we watching? What are we reading? That kind of thing. <laughs>
0: All right. I didn't know if we were skipping this or not. Um, <clears throat> So I actually haven't watched a lot. Um, My son is actually turning one really soon, which is crazy. (laughs) But uh, because of that, we're having people over and we're doing both cleaning and taking a lot of care of a lot of stuff on the house that we've been putting off for a long time. (laughs) So a lot of my watching and reading time has been kind of taken up. Um, That being said, I've watched a little bit more of Lock and Key. Like, I think I'm still only on like, Episode two or three or four or something, but it's oh, that's uh, good to hear because
1: I, I haven't watched any of that yet. So
0: okay, I still love the series. I think it's really cool. I think the concepts in it are really neat, and uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. I just haven't. It's still like I haven't watched enough to have like a comprehensive uh, opinion on it. Besides, just it's really good, and you should go watch it because it's good, <laughs> sort of thing. Sure. Um, but I also wanted to mention I did have a chance to uh, listen to a podcast this week. Um. It was, uh, have you ever listened to the show Reply All? Uh, no. Okay, so, this is a podcast that I think I've been listening to for about a year or so, and it's, um, it's kind of just, uh, it falls within the tech journalism category, I think, because it just talks about, like, uh, it's kind of like investigations about weird internet or tech-related, like, anomalies, so... Mm -hmm. They just, it's just kind of, like, interesting, like, mysteries about just, like, weird internet events and stuff they go into. So, like, um, I it I, I like it because it's, I like, like, true crime stuff. Like, I like the mystery of, like, solving a crime and stuff. But, like, the problem with, like, listening to true crime podcasts is it, it's, like, super dark. Because, <laughs> like, you'll be walking around or doing chores, but you're listening to, you know, descriptions of like murders happening and stuff like that in, in your ears the whole time. And it's right. always weird. Like the voice in the back of my head is just t- always talking about killing people. I don't know if I like this, <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of why I got into reply all because it's like kind of, it, it still goes into the whole mystery thing, but it's a lot more lighthearted and fun. Um, but I wanted to mention it cause, uh, their latest episode was just really good. Um, the name of the episode is called The Case of the Missing Hit, and the plot of it is about this uh, guy who contacted the show who said, Hey guys, I very vividly remember this song from my childhood that was a huge hit in the late 90s, and I can't figure out what it is. And he like he vividly remembered the song and remembered lyrics and stuff, but he couldn't find any trace of it on the internet. And it's just one of those, like, how does that happen? Like, how does a song just get re- erased from history? And they kind of, like, investigate, like, that case from there. But it's just one of those things where this is one of the best episodes I've heard of this podcast. And kind of, um, the episode's so good, it just reminds me of all the episodes I've listened to that made me fall in love with it. So I thought I'd mention it, so.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's, look, I, I became a podcast junkie 12 years ago. Going right. on, going on 13 years ago, and it was literally, I was just like poking around the internet. I'm like, what's a podcast? And I downloaded one that <laughs> caught my attention, and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it's completely changed my life because here I am hosting one. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so I totally yeah. get it. I
0: started listening to, probably around the same time, like you mentioned, you might have got the jump on me a little bit, but I remember listening to this old show called uh, Sidebar Nation that was just like... Interviews with comic book artists and stuff and it was something a friend of mine told me about and like I spend so much time just like drawing and doing art And uh, once I learned you could do that while listening to podcast It was like a total game changer because I was like, oh, I don't have to just listen to music and be haunted by my My own thoughts the whole time <laughs> sort <of> thing, so. <laughs> That's awesome Yeah
1: um, well, uh, How
0: about you? Did, you? did you watch or read anything?
1: Well, aside from Catching up on my DVR because I'm very behind um, and I'm not going to bore you with the, hey, I watched this episode of Supergirl or that episode <laughs> of Flash. Um, I did, um, watch the entirety of Castlevania season three.
0: Oh, nice. That's awesome. Um, is it good?
1: it's, it's fantastic. We've blown so much sunshine up the ass of that show. Um, like, because we just keep praising it and cause it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good. My only criticism of this season is that I felt like the pacing, the pacing is different. Um, it's ju- it's just as good as the previous seasons. It just moved, I felt a little bit slower. Um, but there's some setup to something that happens later and that setup has a big payoff. So oh, nice. I'm kind of okay with the pacing, but it was kind of bugging me at first. I'm like, wow, this is moving a little slower than I would like it to, but it <laughs> was, it was, but I really, really enjoyed the season. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that, that's kind of the best thing I can tell you. It's, it's a good, solid season. And I will say that if you have the ability to do so, watch the last two back-to-back. Uh, the
0: last two seasons or episodes,
1: No, the last two episodes, because okay. um, the other ones, the other episodes, If you, I mean, if you can, watch the last three, but that's not really conducive sometimes. So yeah. the way I think of it is watch them as you can, but the last two, if you have the ability to do so, watch them back-to-back because uh, it's very... I don't want to say cliffhangery, but it's very non-stop.
0: What's yeah. Um, I haven't started Castlevania season three yet, just because it's. I loved the first season so much that, like, I kind of want to go back and just rewatch the whole thing, like, into season three. Um, I don't know if I'll have time to do that, so I'll let you know, because I am really itching to watch the third season. But I thought, like, the second season, the pacing was so good that i'm like kind of a little bit weary if the pacing's changed because the second season had this perfect balance of like you're watching an episode and before you know it the episode's over because that's yeah. how drawn into the story you were yeah so.
1: and my and my issue with the pacing is the balance and my issue with the pacing is not the speed of the story or the uh um or uh how compelling the story was it was more the balance between action and downtime right which made which may have made me feel like the pacing wasn't what i wanted it to be okay so, but no i i thought it was great i thought it was fantastic so i can't I'm really sure complain
0: was, yeah i'm, I'm still going to love it it's you know medieval gothic horror you know and it's you know the Castlevania series and setting is so cool. So I I know will, I'm gonna like it. I will say
1: but. compared to previous seasons, this is much heavier on the horror than the other seasons were.
0: <laughs> that's interesting too. <laughs> and it makes me wonder because the first season was so gory.
1: <laughs> so well, this is it's a different kind of horror. Let's put it that way. Right. It's so. more
0: scares and maybe less gore.
1: Oh no, it's it's uh, very unsettling. <laughs> okay. It's it's unsettling. <laughs> let's put it that okay, way. Okay. Cool. Um, but no, it's fantastic. So, um, let's, uh, we have a lot of news. So you want to roll into that real quick? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Um, so we, I, you know, I wasn't, I was thinking to myself, this whole world is like going nuts over the coronavirus stuff. Yeah. And I really was thinking to myself, we're going to do a show, we're not going to talk about the coronavirus, we're going to do our own thing and just enjoy the fact that in, in our little corner of the universe, everything is fine and we're all just enjoying life. Um, and then I started seeing reports about things that, I'm sorry, we basically, we have to adjust address the coronavirus, and not because we're scared but and we're worried about things, it's because it's starting to affect pop culture. Um, it's starting to affect pop culture in the most interesting way. So we have some news stories to catch up from, um, we have news stories to catch up from when we were off, uh, cause when I was at C2E2, I was still tracking the news. Um, and then, uh, that way we could catch up, but now this coronavirus stuff is happening. So there's a lot of stuff to yap about. So first off, um, E3. So we're going to talk about this. Let's talk about some cancellations. E3 is the first I, I knew, thing I want to I talk
0: you're about. going for E3 for sure. But okay, yeah, so e,
1: keep going on E3, me. which stands for Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is the big video game convention of the year. Now, not everyone's gamers, but there's a lot of big news that comes out of there, and I'm a gamer, and I care, and I make sure I'm watching the Microsoft press conference every year and that kind of thing. So yeah. um, uh, E3 for 2020, has a which which happens in June has officially been canceled. Um, it is March, and it is, they're canceling the June event. The update from the E3, uh, from the uh, planning committee E3, says the fol- had the following statement to make. The health and well-being of teams, players, and partners is our top priority, so while we're disappointed, we fully support the ESA's decision to cancel E3 2020. E3 is and will continue to be a monument where we come together as a community and share a love of games. We're exploring other options for a digital experience that will allow us to share exciting news we have planned. Stay tuned for more. So it sounds like, I mean, E3 is going to cover some digital stuff, and Microsoft already said they're going to do some digital things so they can um, show off their new stuff on some digital way. And for those of us, it'll probably be streamed over Xbox, that kind of thing, so...
0: Yeah, so it's just not, it's basically, like, not the physical convention that's has got are Yeah,
1: they're going to find a way to do it. And I'm not going to read statements from everybody, um, because I don't have statements from that many people. Yeah. Um, but I do have, but I do need to talk about the ones that, like, caught my attention was, like, holy crap, are you serious? Yeah.
0: Is it still on E3, or
1: you... No, that was it for E3. Oh, okay. Um, I was just thinking
0: gonna probably be a pretty epic nintendo direct around the
1: time <laughs> but, oh i um, i have a feeling there's gonna like everyone's gonna start putting out statements and all that kind of yeah. stuff and i just wanted to read the one from e3 um the only reason i know about microsoft is because they responded real fast saying hey we know e3's canceled but we're gonna do something digitally yeah. for everybody so um
0: if anything like we're still gonna get a lot of presentations and news so that's what i'm hoping so for me who's <clears> you know never even has the chance to attend e3 like I'm still looking forward to the news that comes out, but I do understand if people are, you know, if they actually can go and stuff, and they are really upset about it, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I've never been to E3 and as much as I'd love to go. Um, that's an expensive trip, and I'd have to go out to California. And, yeah, so I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm totally fine hanging out at home and watching it digitally like I always have. Yeah. Um, okay, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, is due out in August. Um, but... Uh, Sebastian Stan has opened up about the pause for their efforts for the Disney series in Prague um, because they're sending everyone home. So wow, that, pr- production has uh, been production has completely been halted on Falcon and the Winter Soldier because they're sending everyone home. Um, Bucky uh, directly says, um, "Where is his quote?" Uh, He's experiencing one of the most beautiful cities in the world, filled with the most wonderful and welcoming people. Now we're being sent home too soon. Prague, you're going to be in my thoughts for a long time. Thank you. We'll be back.
0: Yeah, it's, um... So that story, it makes me wonder if it would be actually safer for them to stay in Prague, just because, like, if they had coronavirus, like, they wouldn't be carrying it anywhere, but... Well, and um,
1: and that makes me wonder, too, because Tom Hanks has coronavirus, and he's stuck in, uh he, he tested positive for coronavirus and he's stuck in Australia. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't know that, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was partially being filmed in Prague though, which actually makes me more excited about the series. Cause that city is gorgeous. Like, uh, you know, it's shown up in a lot of movies, um, as well as just like, I love looking at like European architecture and nerding out about that stuff online sometimes. And like, Prague is just one of the most beautiful cities ever, so I kind of look forward to that aspect of the show whenever it actually does come out.
1: Yep. Um, I totally agree. Um, So, yeah, that sucks, but we'll get talking to the Winter Soldier when we get it, I guess. Um, Yeah. Another uh, television show that has been shut down in production, Riverdale has has gone under, or shut down. Interesting. Um, One of the team members... um, from, from what I understand, uh, is from a production team, so not like a cast member, but one of the production team... Um, <laughs> Jughead, Jughead has coronavirus? <laughs> well, um, one of the production team yeah. um, has tested positive, so they have to quarantine everybody. So Riverdale's canceled. Well, Riverdale's currently, like, not canceled, just <laughs> let me rephrase. Let me not put that into the thing. Riverdale has stopped for right now. Um, yeah. Um,
0: not to make light of, like it this really sucks and like i don't want to make light of that situation but i feel like maybe the writers could use this as inspiration and the next season could be about like river to like the city of riverdale getting quarantined or something could kind of be a fun plot in there
1: <laughs> it may be this look this current season of riverdale let me tell you um it has been a very slow burn and there were a couple episodes in there that i had to muscle through but i was like i love this show because we came off of the uh, Griffins and Gargoyle season, yeah. and I was like, this show just got so weird and strange, and I just was, <laughs> like, all about it. Yeah. And then we go into this season, and the first couple episodes were, you know, kind of getting you back into the groove of Riverdale. And then the show, like, took a weird turn, but as it, pro- oh, my God, dude, the payoff for what's going on, like, I'm so glad. Like, it's it's a really good season. um, And they... Uh, nice. They put it and it's in dialogue really well in this most recent episode. This is this line of dialogue is not a spoiler because unless you're watching the show, you don't really know what I mean. Is the first couple seasons the mysteries have always been a who done it kind of mystery? Okay. Where this season is a why done it kind of a mystery. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> if that makes sense, it's not the question of who. No, I, uh, it's a question of why. I
0: feel like knives.
1: That. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's. that's <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, all right, let's go back to the coronavirus. Um, hey, Disneyland is closed. <laughs>
0: yeah, I heard about this one. I was going to mention it if you didn't get there, but
1: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's. i Like I said, I didn't grab a lot of them, but it was the ones where I'm like, good lord. Um, yeah, so Disneyland and California Adventureland will be closed March 14th through the end of the month due to concerns over the spread of the virus. So they're just closing until the end of March. right now um i was honestly i was expecting disneyland to announce its closure a long time ago but there hasn't been word about there hasn't been word about disney world in florida this is the california location
0: i'm willing to bet a lot of um i feel like there's probably more uh like asian tourists who go to disneyland just because you know it's just a shorter flight sort of thing right right so maybe that's uh where that comes from but um yeah i don't know that's uh like, that's sad as well. I've never been to Disneyland,
1: <laughs> so it doesn't affect me
0: directly a lot. But, right. like, no, it's it's crazy how much is closing. Um, I've been hearing about how, like, they're trying to, like, like, they can't stop the spread of it, but they're trying to slow it down. And a lot of these closures are, like, kind of slowing it down. So the people who have to go to the hospital don't all have to go at once, I guess. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> all right. Here, ready for the weird ones?
0: Okay.
1: All right. (laughs) I mean, some of
0: the ones you just said were kind
1: of (laughs) weird. Well, this is where it gets weird. Fast 9 delayed for a year. Oh, okay. Fast Fast and the Furious 9, originally set to be released in May of 2020, has been delayed to April 2021 in response to concerns over the spread of the coronavirus. (laughs) Um, Now, here's the thing. The movie itself, from what I understand, is done. They're delaying the release because, because of the virus, but they're delaying the release to not avoid diminishing box office returns. Okay. That's the one I think... That's why I think it's weird, because they're like they're worried about the box office dollars. And I get it, because people aren't going to be like, well, I don't want to go sit in a movie theater. Um, these Fast and the Furious movies, say what you want about them. If you're not a fan of them, that's fine. They're, they are the very they're one of the highest grossing franchises in this industry right now. <clears throat> like absolutely one of the highest grossing. So, if you don't like them, that's fine to each his own, but a lot of people do and I don't blame the studio for wanting to try and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. There you go. I mean, there's not there's not a lot to say on that there's one. There's not a lot. I just thought it was interesting.
1: <laughs> well, the part that I thought was weird about it is they're delaying a year. They're delaying a movie's release a year. So, yeah, there's that. Um, okay, here's the really weird one, and this is going to make you laugh so hard. All right. Do you remember the New Mutants? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, yes. Okay. Due to coronavirus concerns, the New Mutants release date has been delayed once again. <laughs> The movie was supposed to be released on April third, twenty twenty, but has been now moved to an unknown date.
0: <laughs> is there a New Mutants curse? Well, you hear well. Like stories about how The Exorcist was cursed and stuff. Is this movie cursed? Well,
1: anything? and well, and this. Okay, so I pulled some data. <laughs> And this, oh man, like you have to understand, I was watching, uh, I was watching Riverdale last night and um, this came up on the, this came up on the, uh, a commercial for New Mutants came up and I usually fast forward through commercials, but I stopped because it said exclusive sneak peek at New Mutants and they had the cast like sitting there on a couch talking about the movie and then they popped up scenes and I was like, ooh, I gotta watch. And uh, the wife was like, what is this? And I said, it's the final X-Men movie under the Fox banner. Um, yeah. that keeps getting delayed, but now Disney's going to actually release it. So I want to check this out. So she was actually like paying attention. I don't know if she understands that it's a horror movie, but she was paying attention. Um, cause she doesn't like horror, but at, but you know, I was like, cool, new mutants. I'm really excited about it. April 3rd. Here we go. <laughs> and then I saw this story. Now here is the new mutants release dates, every release date for the new mutants, the announcement of the release date the release date they were intending to release it, and the reason for moving it. Ready?
0: Okay. Okay,
1: I'm going to do the full rundown. Announced. (laughs) (laughs) The movie was announced May 2nd of 2017 for a release date of April 13th, 2018. That is the original intent.
0: That's crazy.
1: January 11th, 2018, it was announced that it was being moved to February 22nd of 2019 to avoid Deadpool 2's release. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It was announced on May 27th of 2018 that it is going to be moved to August 2nd of 2019 to avoid Dark Phoenix's release date. It was announced on May 7th of 2019 that it was going to be moved to April 3rd of 2020 to avoid the Disney merger. Okay. <laughs> on, May, on March 12th of 2020, it is being moved to question mark because of the coronavirus.
0: <laughs> that, is, that is crazy.
1: Yes. This movie is completely cursed. It made me laugh so hard um, when I saw this, and I'm like, I have to go find out all the release dates and announcements and all that stuff. It, it makes me wonder
0: if it's ever going to come out.
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> like
0: if it's ever going to be released.
1: Well, all those actors don't look like that anymore. And they've all grown up. They're not kids anymore. Um, Yeah, so I I really don't know. But to be completely honest, when it does come, I'm planning on watching it just out of, like, necessity to see it.
0: Yeah. I do like... So, you know how, like... uh, So, like, all the Marvel movies for a while were all under different... um, You know, under different movie studios. So, there's... There's weird things where certain characters couldn't cross over. I mean, obviously you know about this, but I'm just, yeah. like, commenting on it. And it's, it's I always loved the craziness of, like, explaining to, like, uh, you know, the non-nerdy crowd about, like, which character can be used in which movie and how certain crossovers couldn't happen. And, like, oh, man. That sort of, Dude,
1: when you use the word universe, you watch all those non-readers, like, their brains crack because they don't understand. <laughs> When you're like, well, they're part of a different universe. What does that mean? Like, yeah. it's so interesting to watch that happen, and you have to be like, well, there's a DC universe, and there's a Marvel universe, and there's a Star Trek universe, and there's a Star Wars universe, and they're not all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But but I, I guess I, I liked, I really enjoyed superhero movies around that time, and part of it was the sort of, behind the scenes, like, zany sort of, like ins and outs of, like, which studio could use which character and not everybody would know or understand everything. And we're now, like, we've finally gotten to a time where Marvel, or Disney owns Marvel, which owns almost all of its characters, except they share some with Sony. Like, it's the most cohesive it's ever been. And then it's almost like New Mutants is just, like, trolling everybody still. And it's just really funny that like right. we still have this little bit of like this weird movie that might never get released and it just kind of exists and like I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying this story as it progresses. Yeah, so, so am
1: I. It's just too damn. it's just too funny. Alright, so what I all I gotta say about the coronavirus at this point is that all these things are getting cancelled and moved and whatever and we're gonna have to deal with a little bit of this nonsense. And it's gonna get crazier before it gets better. But what I will say is us and here at the Top Five Report—we're not going anywhere. We don't have to cancel a show. We'll still be here week to week. So, yeah. <laughs> so and, uh, let me put it that way.
0: Is, uh, my comment is: if the um, Oasis existed, the coronavirus probably wouldn't have spread.
1: That is very true, and <laughs> <laughs> another another reason why we need the um, the Oasis. Um, all <laughs> right. On. All right. So let's get back to the news stories that. Um, We missed out on leading up to now. So, um, back to the future remake talks. Yeah. Not real happy about this, to be completely honest. Um, I am very against this on every level. I will... A lot of times when they do remakes and reboots is sometimes where I'm like, do we really need that? Nah, it's okay. Maybe I'll check out this take and you see the trailer and you're like, okay, I'm interested. This is one yeah. that is like, I'm sorry, Sacred Ground, you do not touch this at all. This movie's perfect from top to bottom. End of discussion. Don't touch it. Back away. Anyway. Yeah. Um, following oh, a... I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So following a very convincing deepfake video, Tom Holland recently revealed that he actually been involved in talks to potentially revive Back to the Future. He said, "I'd be lying if I said he, I, if I said there hadn't been conversations in the past about doing some sort of remake, but that film is the most perfect film, or one of the most perfect films that one could ever have been made." So um, it was nice to hear Tom Holland say that, and then he had a clarifying statement where he's, um, "Oh no, I'm sorry, I basically copied the same thing twice." Um, so yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it was basically, he's like, no one could ever make these films better, basically, so... Yeah, and that's that's
0: absolutely true, and um, I mean, I'm sure there's some Hollywood execs who are still trying to work on this reboot, though, so (laughs) we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna bounce around here a lot, um, because our stories are so bizarre, like, because we were gone for, because you and I didn't talk for two weeks, so um, I'm gonna bounce around a chunk. Yeah. Alison Brie is heavily rumored to be playing She-Hulk in the upcoming live-action Disney Plus She-Hulk series. Um, I am all for this. Alison Brie would be awesome as Jessica Drew. Um, Jessica Drew? No. Jessica Drew is Spider-Woman. Why am I drawing a blank on She-Hulk's name? I don't know
0: name? She-Hulk's actual name. I feel like I've...
1: It's I've, Jessica, I but, it's Jessica it. but Jessica Drew is Spider-Woman, and now that's going to bother me. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> um... At any rate, um, so here's the thing. The reason I brought this up next was because, so Alison Brie, that'd be awesome. Let's have her be uh, She-Hulk. However, I was at C2E2, and who else was at C2E2 was Mark Ruffalo. Now, while I was walking around C2E2, there were heavy, heavy rumors that were being talked amongst people in general that Mark Ruffalo is going to be reprising his role as Bruce Banner on the She-Hulk series. Oh, great. But it was rumor. It was all conjecture. However, right after C2E2 ended, I see the following news story. Mark Ruffalo has reportedly signed on to reprise his role as Hulk in the Disney Plus series She-Hulk. So I'm not entirely... But, so you have to understand that while I'm walking around C2E2, there's this rumor floating around about Mark Ruffalo playing She-Hulk or being in the show She-Hulk. And then right after I see the confirmed story, so I'm not sure what's rumor versus confirmed, so don't everyone get too excited just yet. Okay. That's all I'm I, I, I want to say to that. So. Knowing,
0: like, I mean, I'm kind of just basing this off Agents of Shields, S.H.I.E.L.D. and some of the cameos they've had in there, but I feel like Mark Ruffalo, I mean, I don't think it's that out of, uh, it's that crazy of an expectation that he would at least make a cameo, you know, so... I mean, it sounds like it's likely, but like you said, it's not confirmed, so you don't know for sure if it's confirmed, so we'll see
1: what happens. Yep. Um, Okay, let's jump to the next Marvel story. Um, Okay, these two pieces of Marvel story, these two pieces are technically a spoiler. So I'm going to drop a spoiler warning for a movie that's not even remotely close to out yet, (laughs) Um, and it's just because people, cast members, talk. And that's part of the problem.
0: Is it the New Mutants? Is that what the
1: spoiler? Yes, yes. Are? It's all about the New Mutants. No, um, we talked about Christian Bale being potentially eyed for a role in Thor yes. four. Um, it's confirmed that he'll be playing the villain. Okay. We don't know what the villain is. We just know he'll be the villain. So I'm. That's fine. I don't actually think that's necessarily a spoiler, to be completely honest. But um, the next one is. Um, so Vin Diesel's in the Marvel Universe. We all kind of. How about this? We all know Vin Diesel's in the Marvel Universe. We just always forget that it's Vin Diesel when we're watching the movie <laughs> um, because yeah. he voices Groot. Um, Vin Diesel confirms that Thor, Love and Thunder, will feature... Here's the spoiler. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh,
0: that's that's fun.
1: Okay, now, that's great. here's what I'm going to say about this. We have Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming and we have Thor 4 coming. Because of how Endgame ended one of the two movies had to somehow explain where Thor leaves the Guardians or stays with the Guardians or something. So, where I say it's technically a spoiler to su- hear that, we all kind of know that's coming in a way. Yeah, we I did, wouldn't consider that a spoiler. So, we all. all, its it's got to come and everyone knows it's got to come. So, what that's thats why I said it's technically a spoiler but in a way it's not because we all kind of knew we just didn't know what movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it'd be
0: cool if they did it in both though. <laughs> <laughs> i mean right. i like thor with the guardians is like such a fun dynamic like i'd love to see more of that but uh, um dude we'll it's it the
1: as guardians of the galaxy what's that it's the as guardians of the galaxy <laughs> right 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 <laughs> yeah okay um spider-man 3 starts filming in july um Tom Holland confirmed that the third MCU Spider-Man movie will start filming in July and has an absolute insane story. Um, awesome. That's all I had on that. Cool. Just, it was a blanket statement, and I'm like, oh, cool, they're starting to film in July. All That's right. Awesome. <laughs> let's um Let's hit the other, let's go across the pond to DC for a minute, because uh, a couple cool things came out of that, and then I have a couple out-of-the-box stories. Um, Suicide Squad, let me see which one goes first. Okay. There were two tweets. I want to make sure I'm reading the first, one, the correct one first. Okay, Suicide Squad wraps filming. So James Gun, James Gunn Suicide Squad wraps filming, and this was really cool. Um, he sent out a he sent out two tweets, um, with these quotes, and he said, and that's a rap on the Suicide Squad. My father died two weeks before we started filming, and my dog died two weeks before the end. It was hard. It was a hard time in my life, and yet the most fulfilling time I ever had making a movie the professionalism, the talent, compassion, kindness of this cast and crew inspired me every day. Thanks to everyone involved in this film, in every stage of development, in my department, in every department, I'm grateful from the bottom of my heart for you all. You are all why I make movies. So I just thought that was an awesome quote from him. I didn't realize he was going through that when he was trying to work on this movie. Um, And it just, and he just says, and that quote that I read a couple weeks ago about how he said this is like his most beloved movie he's ever worked on it makes me really really excited to see it so
0: yeah absolutely that's awesome
1: um so yeah that's a brief dc piece and then we have and this is a dc piece that i got really excited about um okay uh jeff johns jason fabric and brad anderson are working on batman the three jokers so okay uh do you know about this I, I know about the three jokers. Okay. yeah. so if the people, so if you are listening to the show and you do not read comic books, that's totally understandable. We get it. If you're one of those people that watches the cartoons or watches the movies and that's it, that's totally fine. Um, so you understand what I mean by the three jokers, is there was a event that happened in the DC universe called the Dark Side War, where Dark Side tried taking, uh, making a play for Earth, um, like he always does, but this was like. This was like dire times and this is what set up the DC rebirth era. Um, it kind of set it was basically the launching pad for everything that happened with rebirth. Um, when the Dark Side War happened, there's a being known as Metron who basically he kind of watches over the DC universe and he sits in this floating chair and it gives him like he has like full knowledge of everything. Um, but because of how the universe is balanced with Metron, someone has to sit in the chair at all times. Um Metron had to leave the chair in this event and someone had to sit in it. So, because of how powerful Superman is, he couldn't. Same thing with Wonder Woman. Like, there was a reason basically for everyone who could not sit in the chair because of their abilities. Well, everyone kind of turned to look at Batman because he doesn't have powers. He's a, just a guy. So, Batman sat in the chair and it was really interesting just to watch Batman. He sits in the chair for this brief moment and like he completely like phases over and gets like complete like his costume gets completely made over and he's now looking like a Metron version of Batman and he kind of turns and says I have the power of a god now and but because the chair and it was just a cool moment kind of chilling in a way but in that in that moment he wanted to test the chair's abilities because the chair is all knowing so to test the uh, abilities of the chair he asked the chair two questions the first thing he asked was. What was the name of my parents' killer? And the chair said Joe Chill because that's who killed the, that was who killed Thomas and Martha Wayne. And then the second question was, he said, "What is the Joker's real name?" And you never got an answer because Batman's response, because he said that, and then the, like the way they did it in the comic, you didn't get to see the answer. And Batman said, "That can't be possible." Later, when Rebirth started, you found out that the chair told Batman that the, the the chair's response to the what's the Joker's real name question, the chair said, which Joker? Uh-huh. And that's how Batman found out that there were three Jokers. So in the world of a multiverse, in a world of alternate realities, there have been three distinct Jokers in the DC Universe. And the, um, the three Jokers, book one, releases June 17th of 2020. Um... So I was really Back. I was really excited to see that just because we have a date for book one, I'm probably gonna wait till they're all out and read the trade. But uh, Jason Fabric, uh who is the artist, uh, Fabok, is the artist, um, had this quote to say. He said, "I've been working on Batman: and The Three Jokers for nearly two years now, and it's been in the planning since 2016. And finally, I'm happy to announce that book one will release on June 17, 2020." This is a project Jeff Johns and I have uh, poured our hearts and soul into. This book will be my lasting mark on the DC Comics and Batman. It's everything I dreamed of doing with a character since I was eight years old, watching Batman take on the Joker and Tim Burton's Batman. I feel like this is the story Jeff and I were meant to tell. Everything has come together... And it's time, and we have forged a story that takes major chances with the characters, characters involved, pushing ideas that have never been done before in the 80 years of Batman's history, and yet it feels like it could fit into the history of Batman at any period. I'm so proud of this work, and it's going to come together in our dark and emotional story about the scars we suffer through tragedy and how they can heal right or heal wrong. Um, yeah, just a really cool quote, and it just made me like super excited. I'm like, God, I can't wait to read this book. So. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, that's all I got. Oh, I got one more DC story because it's goofy okay. and I'm really against it. But yeah, that's just you know, I just wanted to throw that out there and be like, hey, yeah, three three Jokers is coming. So
0: yeah, that's I don't have much to say about it, but yeah, it sounds amazing and like that's a really cool quote and uh, yeah, it's exciting.
1: All right, and here's another rumor because we talked about uh, Mark Ruffalo being rumored for She-Hulk. Lots of fan casts, fan cast being a key word here. And rumors circulating for Johnny Depp as the Batman's Joker.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, I I like Johnny Depp, but I am very heavily against this in every way possible. Okay. Um, I'm heavily against this because we just got off the heels of probably one of the greatest Joker performances ever in the history of the industry. That's true. Um, we have two actors that are currently physically capable of playing the Joker since... Joaquin Phoenix is technically looking to play the Joker in a sequel. And we have Jared Leto, who is still technically could be the Joker in these DC films. Yeah. Per, like, the way the DCEU is set up. Because the Joker film is kind of outside of the cohesive DC storyline. Um, But Johnny Depp, I really feel would... I don't... My problem is, like, I like Johnny Depp. And I think he's a great actor. I just... I can't see him doing this for various, various reasons, and mostly because there's too much other Joker stuff going on right now. We don't need another actor playing the Joker at this point, and I think Johnny Depp would make it too much Johnny Depp. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay. I think um,
0: the one thing you're forgetting, though, is there's three Jokers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. No, I I hear you. My bad.
0: I, I like as much as the next guy but i think there's it's we've talked about this before but almost every role you see him in for the last i don't know 10 years or so it's hard to picture him as anybody else besides johnny depp um obviously if he's playing the joker he's gonna have makeup on and stuff but it's still like i like johnny depp and i think he could play a really good joker but i still more so want to see somebody else play uh, the Joker. And like you said, like, after Joaquin Phoenix's performance, it's kind of one of these, like, who are you going to get to follow that? You know, how are you going to top that? So, I mean, I'll be, I'm still excited for the batman movie
1: oh oh i'm very excited.
0: optimistic about it in general but yeah
1: dude i'm very excited about the batman movie but mm-hmm. i just didn't really like that didn't that didn't make me at all like excited when i heard it so sorry yeah, right johnny on. sorry johnny depp fans i'm just against this one my bad mm-hmm. so um okay so here are the final of the stories for the evening i got three to go two of them are weird so you we ready <laughs> sure okay um Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about the Batmobile.
0: Did oh you, my gosh, we did Did you
1: want to discuss that real quick, make it brief? Yeah, sure. Okay, because we still have to get to our list, and we're running long, but we have stories to cover. Um, yeah. So I don't know how I feel about the Batmobile yet. I think it looks too much like a car <laughs> right. more than it does uh, a Batman car. Um, I don't. I, I can't tell how the doors open. I can't tell how you get in and out of it. That's kind of important to me when you look at the different iterations of how that vehicle worked yeah. in the, other in the past um but yeah to me it just looks like a car but i did do some digging around and i did find some um areas from like the nightfall comic book um from 1960s batman there's like some different iterations where um so like the batman the cartoon um some different places where you can see that they took ideas from these other versions of the batmobile and incorporated them into what the batmobile will look like for the batman so
0: Okay, that's interesting. I feel like the shape of it, I can kind of stretch my mind's eye to see how it could be, have like a, a bit of influence from the Batman the animated series Batmobile, just in that sort of like long geometric shape of it. But my thing is, like, I saw it, and I, I actually kind of do like that it's more of a sleek sports car like i can imagine it in really high speed chases um i can imagine it doing like really cool drifts and stuff like that uh my issue with it was i looked at it and i didn't see anything that said bat to me like nothing bat like at all like even the uh sort of like fin like pieces yeah, coming off the bat it doesn't it
1: doesn't scream batman the way the 1989 anton first one did
0: and, and I was talking to a friend about this, and uh, my friend actually said he never liked that the Batmobile looked like a bat. Like, he always thought that was really corny. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, I never thought about that being something cheesy or unrealistic. Like, I was always like, it's the Batmobile, so it should look bat-like. But uh, I thought that was an interesting opinion. Um, but then when it comes down to it, like you said, it's still, like, It looks awesome, but it still, like, falls within the just-a-car sort of category instead of the supercar category, I guess. Um, Yeah. And then uh, I had one more thought. Oh, so my biggest problem with it, though, is there's one of the shots of the Batmobile is, like, an overhead shot, and you can kind of see in through the windshield, and that's my least favorite part because— when you can see through the windshield and you can see, I almost want to say you can see part of the dashboard and steering wheel almost. And that's where it was driven really home for me that it's just a car. Cause I was like, well, it kind of just looks like a regular car dashboard in there and stuff like that. So, right. I, I
1: mean, they I'm, did say I'm, it's this. They did say it's the second year of his run, so he might not. You know, like he's been Batman for a year, so it still could be early. You know, there's still an earliness right. to it, so there might not be the whole. It might not be the only Batmobile we see. So yeah,
0: it's one of those things. Like I'm happy to be proven wrong, and I hope I am. I just I. I like it for the most part, but I'm still kind of like, I feel like it could be better, but maybe I'll be proven wrong, and maybe in the movie it's going to make tons of sense and be awesome, so we'll yeah. see what happens.
1: Yep, we sure will. All right, so, okay, final stories. The Last of Us, the video game, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, The Last of Us is going to be, is in the works for a series from HBO. Um, okay. From Chernobyl creator uh, Craig Mazin. Um, I'm, I've never played the game, but I know of it, and I've seen, like, videos and stuff. The game looks amazing, and to have HBO behind it for this, that's just awesome.
0: Yeah, this is one that I hear a lot of people talking about, how it's a, uh, in for being, like, a video game you can easily turn into a show, and it'll be great. So, I mean, it'll be
1: cool. Cool We'll see what happens. How do you feel about a Star Wars rated-R film?
0: Um, I guess it kind of depends on the subject
1: matter for okay. me. Scott Derrickson, director of Doctor Strange, has revealed he'd like to make an R-rated, one-off Star Wars movie set on the ice planet of Hoth. Oh, I, I
0: did
1: see this. Um, okay. He also he also said that this will never happen. So, right. So I just wanted to bring it up because I thought, oh, hey, like, I read it, and I'm like, oh, my God, no. And then I was like, that's never going to happen. It doesn't matter. So it's nice to hear someone's wish list in terms of, hey, what would you want to do if you could? I'd want to do this. Yeah. I was
0: kind of curious if it's like, did he have a horror movie in mind or something? Like, is this going to be like the thing, but in Star Wars, or is it going to, you know, are people yeah. going to be chased by wampas the whole time? Or, yeah. you know, what exactly <laughs> is this going to be?
1: But I have no idea, but it made me laugh, and I'm like, it's not really news, it's more of a, hey, Scott Derrickson said he wanted to do this, he also knows it'll <laughs> never happen, so let's laugh about it for a minute, but let's also ponder <laughs> at the idea that that would be interesting. Absolutely, um, it, it'd make a great fan fiction. There though, is think, a <laughs> there is a novel there is a novel called um, Death Troopers, um, which I did pick up. I did I did read and it's uh, I got it signed by the author. It's really good. Cool. It's basically like a Star Wars version of zombies. Yeah. Um, so they it's yeah. Like,
0: I'm, I'm familiar with the book. I never read it. I always wanted to because I thought it sounded really neat.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, yeah bas- keep going. it's basically Han and Chewie come across a star. They get picked up by a star destroyer, and while they're trying to escape they're trapped on the star destroyer with a bunch of other people and the stormtroopers are all basically zombified so Mm -hmm. this zombie virus has taken over the star destroyer and they're trapped in space with them it's just it's kind of like you're stuck it's kind of like being stuck on an airplane with zombies you can only run so far so um it Mm -hmm. was cool all right are you ready for the weirdest news story of the night and it's the last one for the evening okay all right
0: let's let's hear it i guess how do
1: you feel about disney live action films We've talked about this before. Like, how do you really feel about them?
0: Um, Most of them I've seen I'm, like, pretty lukewarm on. I think there's, every once in a while there's a pretty decent one, but I'm not the biggest fan of them.
1: All right. Beauty and the Beast prequel film, which will focus on Gaston and LeFou, starring Luke Evans and uh, Josh Gad from the live-action movie, is in development.
0: So it's like, I mean, what is it? Just Gaston is going to be going around hitting on women, and then LeFou uh, is, is like wingman, basically. Dude,
1: or... your guess is just <laughs> as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have That's no... That's bizarre. I have no clue. Um, it made me laugh very hard, wholeheartedly. I'm like, I cannot wait to talk about this on the podcast. That's all I could think of. Um, it has
0: to be a straight-to-Disney-plus
1: thing, right? It has, it has to be, but the fact that they're going to do a Gaston prequel, I just... I don't... <laughs> in a, I'm sorry. In a world of women empowerment, you're going to do a Gaston prequel? <laughs> yeah. Um, and,
0: I just, and I'm just over here, and I want to see new mutants. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> right. Um... Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, that's it for the news. Let's cl- we've cleared off the desk. Are you ready to talk about the uh, list for the night?
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: All right. Do you think you, were you able to finish your list? You had two weeks to do it, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. All right, man. Well, uh, Ryan, it is list time. So um, you know what to do, man. Play the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, so this was my pick uh, for a list, um, mostly because I was half paying attention and it was the first thing that came off to my head when I realized it was my pick. So, um, uh, Peter, we're, gonna, we're talking police movies tonight. Yep. Um, and I actually had a really hard time narrowing this down. Um, so the focus, my, my opinion on this movie was movies that focus on police doing police things, um, not necessarily police, um, like... I wasn't, fo- I wanted, like, focusing on crime dramas, but, like, sometimes crime dramas tend to focus more on the villains than they do on the cops themselves. So this was yeah. a movie I wanted more focused on police. That's why, that's what I meant by that statement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, um, I thought of, like, there's a couple that I was, like, a little unsure of because they skirt the line, but uh, I think I've got a pretty solid list of, uh, yeah, actual... A lot of them, a solid. lot
1: of them do skirt the line, but I had a hard time, like... Pulling together my honorable mentions. How's that? Yeah. Um, and and
0: okay. I also like. I don't. It's kind of weird. I don't watch a ton of police movies, so like this list was hard for me. But I mean, I've seen a lot of them, but it's kind of. I never seek them out, but a lot of times when I watch them, I'm actually really glad I watched them. So. Right. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, I get it. So how about this? Uh, honorable mentions. We'll make those quick because we usually we have to anyway. So uh, what do you got? <laughs>
0: right on. Uh, so I have two. Um, my first one, I picked Knives Out, and I kind of kept that as an honorable mention because I love it and I think it's great, but, like, Daniel Craig and the police officers that are in the movie, I don't think they play enough of a role for it to be, like, an actual piece of my list.
1: Yeah, um, I, that, I I see why you say that, so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so my first one is Minority Report for my, um, honorable mention, um, only because it's, uh it's a future police movie yeah so it's like a not happening police movie i guess you could say <laughs> um speaking of police films and the coronavirus a uh, demolition man um they in that movie they outlawed uh physical contact and if the coronavirus has anything to say versus all the like you know sexual harassment stuff going on we might as well just outlaw physical contact and go to that <laughs>
0: <laughs> crazy
1: Right, but uh, Minority Report's a fantastic movie, it's a great police crime drama story, it's just set in a time that, like, we're unfamiliar with, so that's why I made it an honorable mention, but it is a fantastic crime drama, so.
0: Nice, that's awesome, I actually didn't think futuristic with my picks. Um, That's the
1: only one that I thought futuristic with, so.
0: Right, no, but I think it's, I like thinking outside of the box, I was really trying to think of, like, I feel like there's probably some great animated police stories that I missed, but yeah, um. I guess I can move into my next one, which is pretty fanta- fantastical as well. And that one is, uh, bright on Netflix. That's the Will Smith movie. Yeah. that's like modern day fantasy. Yeah. Um, and this is like, this is just a really fun, uh, police action movie, but, uh, it's directed by David <clears throat> Ayer and, uh, it's got that David Ayer like really sort of like cool, like street aesthetic to it that I really enjoy as well as just, Enjoying the action's awesome, and just like the world they created is really cool too. So yeah,
1: no, I I hear you there. Um, okay, so my last honorable mention, and you might laugh at this, is Super Troopers. Um, this made my short
0: list. So but the <laughs> reason okay. I might
1: the reason I might make you laugh, and not because I picked Super Troopers, is because I work at a police station now, and I will say that outside of the serious stuff, there's a lot of really subtle things within the Super Troopers movie that is exactly how it is in real life where the majority of television and film is very exaggerated and not really how police work is. Right, okay. Um, So it makes me laugh when, like, Super Troopers was on the other night and I caught part of it. And I was like, that is exactly how it is at the police station. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? So there's just some goofy, there's some real subtle things in that movie that are, like, dead-on accurate. And, you know, you run into stuff that's just, like, you watch Chicago PD, and there are no there are no cops that are going out getting into gunfights at a warehouse and then at a bar 20 minutes later hanging out with their buddies. Like, that's not how police work is. It's so, it's very unrealistic, and um, Super Troopers just has these moments of actual realism in midst of all the comedy that happens in that movie, so. That's
0: hilarious. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. I
1: just, I had to point that out. So, okay, what's your first actual picks? Here we go.
0: Trying to decide what order I want to do. So I'll, I'll actually go with uh, the one that I think skirts the line the most is uh, the movie Zodiac. Um, I've talked about this a lot. It's one of my favorite movies. But um, the the main character of the movie for sure is Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who's actually a newspaper yeah. uh, political cartoonist. But the police in the movie play such a big role. I still feel like it counts, and it's a crime drama. Um, you know, it's Mark Ruffalo, and I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays uh, Goose and Top Gun. Uh, those oh, are, like, the uh,
1: two Anthony main... Edwards.
0: Yeah, and those are like the two main police officers, and they play such a big role in the movie that I still think it counts. And uh, I, it, made made of... it made my
1: short list. It made my okay. short list. I totally understand what you're talking about. So
0: Yeah, and it's, it's just one of those movies that um, – I remember watching it and getting really intrigued by the uh, the true story that it tells. And then also just, like, it's kind of more of a personal thing, but, like, I felt like I related to uh, Jake Hall's character in the movie so much that it was just, like, I felt like that extra bit of connection there, too. But it's um, overall, like, Zodiac's such a solid crime drama, and it's just, like, it's so well crafted from the acting to the cinematography and everything's like really cool. So they're yeah. really well done. So
1: right on. All right. So my first pick of the night is a movie called murder at 1600. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen this?
0: No, this is where you start talking about movies I've never seen.
1: <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, you actually really like this. This is uh this goes back to, uh, uh, Wesley Snipes and Diane Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, Alan Alda's in it and, uh, Dennis Miller's in it. Um, really cool movie about a, so 1600 is the address as in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, which is the address of the white house. Yeah. And, uh, there is a, uh, legal aid that gets murdered in the white house and her body's found in a bathroom and Wesley Snipes and, um, Dennis Miller are homicide detectives get, that get assigned to the case and it becomes a murder mystery who done it at the highest level of national security so like you have the you have them trying to figure out who killed the girl but you have um secret service trying to cover up the murder because they don't want fingers pointed at the president because he wasn't even there but they're worried about the frame. you know what i mean like it's a really really cool crafted um mystery and then diane lane plays the secret service agent that's assigned as a liaison to the homicide detectives so um she gets wrapped up in the stuff. So it's it's a really really cool movie. I I definitely recommend it just because it's a cool mystery and you'll be spending a lot of the time trying to figure out who actually killed the girl, which is the ultimate goal in these murder mysteries anyway cuz you're like, "Well, who did it?" And it's a very good who done it kind of mystery. Nice. Um, and it's That's not awesome. and I say Wesley Snipes and he's usually known as action. He's got like one action scene in the movie. The rest of it is all standard like murder mystery stuff. So Awesome. Yeah, and it's not a awesome. drawn-out action scene. It's a very short action scene, but he only has, like, one moment in the movie where he gets to do, like, his normal Wesley Snipes action stuff. So, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. so Murder at 1600. Uh, you're up, man.
0: Okay. Um, Let's see. I guess I'll go... Uh, I put seven on my list. Ooh. So, the movie Seven, did we match?
1: We matched on this.
0: Okay, nice. So, this is one where... I haven't watched this movie a ton, um, but you should,
1: it's amazing.
0: (laughs) No, no, I I, I love it. And it's one of those movies that I I feel like every five years or so, I'm just like, all right, time to watch seven again. (laughs) But it's it's one of those things that like, I think it's really intricately done and the mystery is so intriguing. And uh, it's just one of those things when I saw it, which I feel like I was in my late teens, it was kind of like. It was, like, sort of dark enough. I don't want to say edgy because I feel like that term gets thrown around in the wrong ways. But it was the kind of this thing that just felt really, like, this movie that felt really dark and, like, really cool to me when I first saw it. And I think that kind of sticks with me a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, like, uh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I know what else to say. I just, I really appreciate the movie. I think, was it on this podcast that you were mentioning how... The whole movie, it's raining till the very end.
1: It is. It's raining and yeah. it's raining. The movie, it is raining in the movie from the beginning all the way until um, uh, the killer reveals himself. Yeah. And I, and when I, I say I, the killer reveals himself, it's not like the script reveals the killer. The killer turns himself in. Spoilers. Yeah. That's not a, really a spoiler because there's so much more to the movie after that happens. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but but it's a, it's like artistic choices like that that I think are really. I think that's really cool, and then, uh, you know, like, there's the the behind-the-scenes stuff about the the killer's notebooks, and just, like, how much work they actually put into this movie to make, like, a really intricate mystery about the whole thing, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I love this one.
1: I know a lot of the murders are very, like, hard to stomach. The only one I had a real, like, squeamish time with was the hooker, um, that was the lust, um... Because, yeah. the, because the movie is about the seven deadly sins. So when you get to Lust, that's the one that made me squirm the most. Um, and it's just because they didn't show the body they didn't show they didn't really show anything they left it all to your imagination and you're just like <laughs> yeah. oh my god and you're just like in your chair squirming like i can't handle this i can't like <laughs> <laughs> um right. really 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 good oh my god and it's like the actors are at like their top-notch best work brad pitt and morgan freeman i don't want to mention who plays the killer because that's a spoiler um but yeah, no, just top notch work, um, yeah. all around. One of David Fincher's probably best films he's ever done. I could, so I
0: couldn't remember if that's uh, if it, that was David Fincher. I thought it was, but I didn't know if it was just like a really similar style. But, yeah. um That's uh, that's actually the second David Fincher movie we've talked about. Yeah. <laughs> so far, um.
1: But, uh, I um. I was gonna save Seven for later in my list, but that's fine. We can talk about it now. You too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. <laughs> Um, it makes me wonder what your next picks are, but uh, you're up because we matched on this one, so we could talk about Seven for the rest of the night. We could probably do a whole show on the movie if we <laughs> wanted to, but um, highly recommend, if, you ha- if you're listening to this and you have not seen the movie Seven, you need to stop everything, you need to pause the podcast right now, go watch Seven, and come back and finish the episode because you should have watched this a long time ago. So. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll move on
0: to... I guess I'll move on to this one because I don't want to match you again.
1: <laughs> but uh, I, I think, don't know if we'll match. I think there's one that we could match on.
0: Right. Um, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. But uh, I wanted to uh, mention the movie Prisoners, which I actually was talking about re-watching a couple weeks ago on the show. And um, I just... I thought this movie was, like, really well done when I first saw it. And uh, then I mentioned on, like, my rewatch, like, I really enjoyed it, too. And it's just this really, like, heart-wrenching story about um, Hugh Jackman's daughter getting kidnapped. And then uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is the uh, cop who's trying to figure out what happened to his daughter and stuff. And there's other crimes that play out in the movie. And there's just kind of this really... um, I don't want to use, like, the word intricate too much, but there is, like, this really detailed web of um, just sort of, like, mystery that's built through this movie because this movie does a lot of something that I think is really cool where it shows you something and you go, okay, I don't know what the heck that means. Like, one of the motifs in the movie is uh, mazes. So, like, oh. you'll see, like, a maze drawing somewhere and you're like, like I don't like, know what that wait, is. Wait, like,
1: they play Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs>
0: Like, it's, it's so, like, there's multiple characters in the movies who, in the movie who have necklaces with little, like, labyrinth medallions on them, but then there's also, like, these weird maze drawings that come into play on different, like, documents and different things you see, and it's one of those things where you're like, I don't know what this maze thing is, and it's, like, not till the end where you see how that factors into it, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of details like that, like, there's other, there's other things like that which I I don't want to spoil like all of them, but there's other like things like that that keep you intrigued in the story, and I really love that. And uh, I mean, I talked a lot about ca- the character design in the movie how I really appreciated that like a couple weeks ago, so I don't want to go too into that. But uh, this is just like a really solid movie
1: for me. So right, very cool. Yeah. Um. Okay, so my next one is a movie called Money Train. Have you ever seen this?
0: I think so.
1: Um, this is, I
0: think I've seen it or seen part of it.
1: This is my, keep going. This is my sec, uh, second and uh, last uh, Wesley Snipes uh, movie pick. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I just realized he's in that, too. I'm like, crap, he's in this, too. Um, this
0: list is your favorite uh, David Fincher or Wesley Snipes movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, right. Uh, no, uh, Money Train is about two police officers... Um, uh, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson and they work the um, and they work the subway beat at um, in New York City so they basically specifically work with the subways and try and get the rot people who try and you know the the, the guys trying to like rob the random people in the subways and that kind of thing um, and uh, they they have a little bit of beef with the armored car security guys because there's a there's a train called the money train and they specifically have... It's a subway train that runs and they pick up... They collect all the money from all the booths, the uh, the money collection booths at the subway. But they also collect all the money from banks and stuff. So they basically just run money through the subways back and forth. Um, and that security team has a big beef with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. So it's, it's kind of one of those, like, my turf, your turf nonsense. Yeah. Um, but Jennifer Lopez is a new cop and she gets assigned to their beat. So, like, they kind of... It becomes kind of a love triangle between the three of them, while one of them, one of the group members in the group of these three, thinks to themselves, they're they're kind of down on their luck and they need like some money real fast, and they get this idea of, let's rob the money train. Uh-huh. So there's this big like police like crime drama thing going on with stuff happening in the subway while they're planning this actual heist to rob the money train. <laughs> um, yeah, it's there's some really cool police stuff that goes on in the movie and in terms of like precincts and um investigations and that kind of stuff is really really cool but then you have this mystery of like oh my god are they actually going to rob the money train and get away with it and that kind of stuff so
0: yeah um i i have seen this movie i don't remember it super well i feel like there's a little bit of like this sort of um like, there's all three of them working as a team, but then you also question, like, are they working against each other? You know, yeah. who's got who's back? And, like, I think that's really fun as well. Right. So it's one of those – I haven't seen this in so long, but, yeah, I realized I definitely have when, <laughs> once right. you started talking about it. So,
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to kick it back to you, man.
0: Okay. I Second I to last with, pick of the night. Yeah, I will go with my most ridiculous pick, which is – naked gun 33 and a third
1: <laughs> uh, the third so, one
0: what's that? Yeah, so I wanted to go with a naked gun movie um, I love Leslie Nielsen and I love uh, I'm not the biggest fan of like a lot of the newer parody movies like a lot of the things that came out like after scary movie but this old-school like you know naked gun airplane style like humor I really really connect with and like it really makes me laugh and uh you know Leslie Nielsen is like the one of the MVPs of that style and uh I just I think I picked the third one because this was the first Naked Gun movie I saw and I think I was in second grade when I saw it and I just thought it was the funniest thing I had ever seen and uh I watched the other ones but I still think the third uh the third one is the one that makes me laugh the most and and uh it's just bonkers ridiculous jokes that you know all have way too high of a budget than they deserve to right (laughs) and uh yeah I just I just wanted to pick one of these and when I really thought about which one did I enjoy the most I think the third one is the one that I enjoyed the most so
1: yeah um for me I'm gonna have to agree with you on that the third one is the one I enjoyed the most, but. I, yeah, that's yeah, that's basically the best way of wording it. Like it's that, and one of my favorite jokes is that's the one where uh, there's a terrorist uh, threat. Like someone's planning on they want to set off a bomb at the uh, Academy Awards. Yeah. So he go, has to go to, um, he has to go and infiltrate the Academy Awards because the bomb is somewhere and they think it's in one of the ballots. So he's got to try and figure out which one it's in, um, but the show has to go on. And they even mentioned, like, this is going to be the longest broadcast of the Academy Awards ever. There's 75 new categories. <laughs> that's that's a joke that I always laugh at. And I cannot, and I got to see the movie again because I cannot remember the name of the film. But um, I just remember, uh, I remember them. Mary Lou Retton wins, like, Best Supporting Actress for this movie, which it's set against the Korean War, and it's about one woman's triumph to get over the death of her cat. <laughs> that was awesome that was the plot of the film and it always made me laugh and I'm like Mary Lou Retton the gymnast is playing is doing that like it's and she like cartwheels all the way up to the stage to accept her award and it's it's really funny it's Um, funny
0: like you like a lot of the more intellectual jokes in there I always like go back to a lot of the slapstick like goofy ones like uh I don't know since you're talking about the academy awards I just remember the part where uh, there's all these like bonkers antics going on at the academy awards awards is like leslie nielsen's like running around trying to find the bomb and i remember there's this part where i'm pretty sure it, it's him who ends up puking into the bell of a tuba like one of the tuba players yeah. in the orchestra i don't puking i don't think a, it's
1: him but i know what you're talking about it's
0: one of the characters and then like after you see the person like puking into the bell of the tuba it's like shows a close-up of the tuba, tuba players <laughs> And he just looks so, like, confused and disgusted, but he keeps playing because that's what he's supposed to do, and it's just so funny. <laughs> right. um, and it's one of those things where every time I see a tuba like that, like, I watch this at a young age and, like, this stuff got burned into my memory so every time i see a tuba i think of that scene and uh every time i watch the academy awards i think of this movie and there's just so many <laughs> little jokes like that that stuck with me so i
1: think i think it's because of my love for movies that makes me like this movie the most out of that series too because yeah, of the academy that, that Award aspect. um all right anyway um so moving on we could be on that movie for a while too. And then <laughs> and for me, the my next two picks I could be on all night, so I have to try and cut these short. And I have a feeling my next one is the one we matched on, and that's Die Hard. Oh no, we didn't. This made it oh. a short list though. Perfect. Alright. So Die Hard is by far probably one of the best police movies in terms of like I mean it's it's ridiculous, but it's like one of the best movies um in terms of police, in terms of Christmas, in terms of like um a lot of things but this movie this movie is a fan favorite of like a lot of people has a heavy cult following this movie is one that i try and watch once a year like around christmas time usually but um everything about this movie um from top to bottom the idea of the people trapped in the building with the terrorist attack and like it's just yeah it's just so good it's so good. Like, just the way... It's such a simple idea for a story. It really is. It's just, hey, we're going to have a, a Christmas party going on in the, in this building, and these people are going to try and rob these, you know, bonds from the safe, and they just happen to have to hold these people hostage, and one of them happens to be a cop, and it's going to become, like, this, like, rat's maze of a chase movie in this building. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. Um, it's just... It's a very simple story, um but it could not have been executed better like there's no way I don't think you could ever have done that movie better uh you couldn't have picked a better cat it's just so good and it holds up and that's what's really cool about it so
0: yeah absolutely I um you did mention like the sort of like I think I don't know if you said simple setup or plot of it but I kind of like also look at it as just like one thing I appreciate about Die Hard a lot is it's very efficient in it's storytelling like it doesn't linger on things you don't need to know. So, like, if you think about the movie, like, John McClane, like, when he's on the airplane and when he's, like, in his limo, like, going to uh, Nakatomi Plaza, you learn, like, so much about his character just through dialogue and the way he acts. And so by the time he finally gets there, you kind of know everything you need to know about him. And it's kind of like... I like how, and a lot of characters are like that, like, the limo driver is like that, and, like, I like that it's so efficient, where it doesn't, um, like, there's character development, but it's not like it lingers on things and, uh, ends up getting boring because of that, and, like, kind of just how Nakatomi Plaza is, like, the main, uh, setting for the movie, and it's, like, you know, like, 99%, like, inside that one building, it's still, like, kind of a really efficient way to tell, like, an action-packed story that doesn't, I just, I I guess I just really like that efficientness of it, but this one's a classic, it's one of the greatest uh, Christmas movies, and like I said, it it almost made my list, so.
1: Yeah, Uh, I don't know what to add to that, so I'm going to kick it back to you.
0: (laughs) Right, Um, so my next one, this is actually the one that I thought we were going to match on, but uh, I picked Speed.
1: Ooh, that was my last pick of the night, so. Okay, awesome.
0: So, this was a spot that um, I didn't really do my list in any order, but
1: oh, was I was saving I things. was saving Speed for the end. Um, but yeah, I oh, cool. I didn't think that I thought we were gonna match on Die Hard, but um.
0: yeah, I think so. It was kind of one of these things where um, Speed is a movie that I think I uh, oh man, I'm like losing my train of thought here. <laughs> so it was kind of like Speed versus Die Hard for the spot on my list, and I kind of went for the one that. I don't know, like, I feel like if both movies were placed in front of me, I would choose Speed. Uh, And I don't know what, okay, and I think it just has to do with, like, the suspense that gets built for me in Speed, and, like, I definitely have seen Die Hard more than Speed, but Speed, I think it's just, like, so fast-paced, and it's so intense, and it's just one of those movies that you're on the edge of your seat the whole time, and it's exciting to watch, and, like, Die Hard, I think, accomplishes a lot of this stuff too, but just speed is just like on just like a further up level, and it's just like it's so much fun to watch. Um, So that's kind of why it cemented its place on my list. Speed,
1: speed is a movie that holds a real nice special place in my heart, but it's a movie that when it starts, it starts with a bang, and that doesn't stop until the credits. It Mm -hmm. is, it shows like every aspect of. Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, there's not a lot of stuff in television and film that is realistic in terms of police work, but this show is police work in all aspects, whether it be SWAT team, to bomb squad, to uh, detectives, to beat cops, to escorts, to car chases. I mean, it covers every piece of ground. Um, It takes this like it takes a simple idea and expounds on it for 2 hours and you are literally on the edge of your seat. This is a movie that people went to see because they're like, "Wait, they jumped a public bus 50 feet." <laughs> yeah. And and here's the thing, if you go into the making of the film and you find out that they actually jumped the bus for real, the 50 feet, that's what's incredible. Like um so they did it for real? and they just green screened in what they needed to green screen in but the actual stunt was done for real and that's something that makes it even cooler because you're like wait how'd that happen so um yeah uh this movie um top to bottom everything about it it's great there is and i've seen it enough that there is one scene that uh, pokes a hole in the movie and I don't wanna like point it out. I just there's one scene this one scene that pokes a hole and it's an et and it's a and it's one bad edit, and if you've seen the movie enough times, you spot it. Uh, I'll tell you okay. off I'll tell you off air if you want. Um But it makes me laugh and it kinda of makes me cringe a little bit. I'm like, no, everything about this movie was perfect, and now that I've spotted that I never unsee it. Um <laughs> So um but yeah, dude, this this movie was so good and i think this is the movie that really put um keanu reeves and Sandra bullock on the map in terms of that uh faces um because i think this is the movie that made people go hmm let's try and get keanu reeves for matrix for example and then matrix really made him a household name but this put his <laughs> this really put his name on the map if you will um, no
0: yeah i think that's totally true um and then, like, I just always go back to uh, Dennis Hopper just being such an amazing villain in this movie. Um, and then I remember as a kid seeing him as uh, King Koopa in the Super Mario Brothers movie and <laughs> being <laughs> like, man, he plays the best villains you know? <laughs> But I'm a kid and I didn't realize that one of those movies was really good and the other one wasn't as great. <laughs> so, right. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just an awesome movie. So,
1: Yeah um well yeah dude that kind of brings us to the end everyone should go watch seven and speed and die hard and literally every movie we talked about um yeah
0: i think we had a pretty solid list on both sides um, this time so (laughs)
1: yeah so here's what we're doing next week peter and i were talking about this it should be peter's pick but we were talking about this right before we started recording tonight uh next week because of the coronavirus um we're gonna do virus stuff (laughs) Um, and the way I say virus stuff is because I'm thinking to myself, if you read a book that you think is cool or a movie or a television show, or it could be a comic book or whatever. Um, my thing is, is that, you know, we have this, I'm the kind of guy who gets on an airplane and I'm reading a book about a plane crash while the plane's in flight. Um, yeah. Um, I'm the kind of guy who's like, Hey, it's wintertime and we're being snowed in. Let's watch the thing. And like all these like winter horror films, you know what I mean? Like that's the kind of thing I like to do because I think it's funny because I have a really messed up dark sense of humor. So because we're, (laughs) because we're dealing with this virus nonsense, we're going to do, um, our favorite virus stories in pop culture. So that could be from all facets. Um, so hopefully we bring different things and we're all kind of over the plate, all over the place. That's kind of how I'm hoping this plays out. Um, so that's, what we're going to discuss next week and then it'll be Peter's pick and then we'll go back to our normal routine. Uh, good. and then Peter and I also talked about some cool, uh, list ideas for future, um, lists on, on one hand, future lists, but on the other hand, future, uh, um, ideas for maybe bringing in guests for, like, bonus episodes and that kind of thing. So um, we'll see how that gets planned out as we go. I don't want to bury the lead on that now. So, um, yeah, Peter, are you good for the night? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I think we got another one in the bag. So um, we're getting much closer to that uh, episode 100. So you and I got to start planning and figuring that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with that being said um if you guys will check out our website top there you'll find links to all of our social media twitter and facebook along with a link to our email uh top 5 at gmail.com if you want to interact with the show hit us up there or on our social media either way works for us um if you uh if you check out um we are on google play stitcher iheartradio apple podcasts um there you can subscribe to us and if you do you won't miss a single episode And you can also leave us a review. We love the five stars, but we also understand criticism because uh, it helps us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, So you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927, and I posted some of my C2E2 photos up there um, on my Instagram uh, if you guys wanted to see some stuff that I took. um, I might be posting some more because I haven't gone through all my photos yet. So um, if you want, check me out there. Uh, Peter, you?
0: Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be spreading the word about how well Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 syncs up with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a, that's,
0: that's actually true, too. It syncs up perfectly, so...
1: <laughs> oh, um, you said Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 or 1? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks, looks like I know what I'm doing this weekend. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... With that being said, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew, and have a good night, everyone.